Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac. And I am your other host, DM Celeste, uh, just at Seekonowich. Yep. I'll hey. come up with a good name soon. <laughs> Sooner or later. But today, we're going to tie back to episode number 151, Monster Cultures, which featured Matthias Johnson. And we'll also tie back to DMnastics 124, Why Can't We Be Friends, which is from the song with the lyrics, Why Can't We Be Friends. That's the pop oh, culture that reference. song? It's yep. Oh, I never would have known. Well, now you do. <laughs> yeah, so today, uh, Neil and Rorik worked together to come up with this cool prompt for today, where basically we posted photos of different monsters uh, that you might find in the world of D&D, and then we asked some questions about how they are different for some reason, or asked you all to come up with cool ideas uh, about these photos and kind of inform the story there. So we asked for number one, how do people normally perceive members of this race? What stereotypes are common? For number two, how does this particular member of the race differ from the stereotypes? Number three, how might the player's interaction with this creature be changed due to its differences? Number four, what caused this creature to be different than its kin? And number five, anything else you think of? I always <laughs> love adding the number five. I'm Absolutely. just like, Okay, so we've made this box. Now we're going to kick down the walls. Do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. Live your own truth. Yep. Perfect. So the first question I have is, which one did you pick from the forums? Okay, so I knew which one you were going to pick, so That's I picked true. a different one. Um, <laughs> all right, and I went ahead and I picked the answer from DM Danielson, and he chose uh, our image of, it sort of looks like a, a floating tiger that's definitely involved in some sort of meditation thing. It's got blue glowing eyes and this super cute little kitten uh, at its feet. So I went ahead and picked that. And then for this, um, DM Danielson, he put together, he named this race called the, I'm going to butcher this, but I believe it's the Ba'ai Lohu. Uh, which, so essentially what he did, he took like your standard tiger folk, but gave this, uh, this photo a specific sect of these people, uh, called the Baha'i Lahu. So for number one, basically he said, oh, it's common stereotype. Oh, it's a tiger person. They're like super scary. They're predators and all, all they're about is just hunting other people. Uh, and for number two, he described how is this race different from the stereotypes. And he uh, made, they're basically this very calm, wizened version of your standard tiger folk, like through meditation and practice, they've gained these powers. Uh, and they really focus on that in their community as opposed to their baser predatory instincts. And then for number three, he's talking about uh, how the players interact with this creature and uh, how is it changed due to their differences. And so, of course, players might be sent after these creatures or, you know, with the normal assumption that they're these big, scary things. But these are actually very wise uh, and incredibly powerful people. So if the players come at them like a standard foe, they're going to be in a lot of trouble as they confront <laughs> like these these hyper intelligent um, beings, essentially. Yeah, and so I, I love this line, too, that he put in there, that their ultimate goal is to reunite with the great spirit and transcend their current state. So he's really made these people, like, all about that that religious kind of angle that sets them apart from the standard, you know, big bully monster. Um, and anything else you think of, because that's always the best question in the world. 
Um, <laughs> and this is also super cute. So uh, the Baha'i Lahu love small confined spaces while in the material plane, especially if they are square or rectangular and they feel compelled to crawl inside them, which is just <laughs> an excellent, excellent kitty cat reference. So yep. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, I loved I loved this answer. That's so good. The other thing it made me think of was people's negative assumption of the Rakshasa. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, the assumption it's going to be all of this. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, it's more of this monk and meditation and everything. And also, yes, this is an absolutely amazing picture. Yeah, I know, because they they look so scary, but it's actually, you know, these people are all about improving their mind and finding inner truth and yeah, it was a cool answer. And crawling in a and like six foot cardboard box. Boxes. Uh, you know, where they find the secrets of the universe from inside their cardboard confines. That makes <laughs> the most sense to me. Okay, so why did I choose the one I chose? Why did you know that this is where I was going to go? Okay, because the picture is this awesome gelatinous cube that has a big old cigar hanging out of its mouth. Uh, No, it's got a flail in its oh, mouth. Oh, it's a flail. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it just looks so mean, mean mugging. It's very metal. So I thought it was it was very much you. So the other thing I thought was that because I have the talking green ooze in our Undermountain game, yes. uh, this has also went towards it. And yeah, so it is a very mean mugging gelatinous cube whose name is Woe. Because that's what everyone says when they start interacting with it because it can talk. It yeah. wants to trade information with you. It wants to learn how to use other weapons. And so all of this stemmed from when it dissolved a quickling, which essentially imbued it with sentience i mean more so than a gelatinous cube normally has and yeah it's just out there to get more information but there's always that little chance that it's like you know maybe i'll learn more and be stronger by just eating you too (laughs) if experience has taught us anything (laughs) <laughs> the last time I did this, it really turned out well for me. It was me. super great. <laughs> so, and also in the picture, it's currently dissolving a kobold. So it's got that going for Oh, me. yeah, definitely. This is a fabulous picture, by the way. <laughs> so the other thing is that like kind of to, to set up more of an interaction. Also, I was so excited. I apologize. And this idea came from finally found a hobby, which is also one of the greatest um, forum names we have. And... She came up with the idea that the information that they're trading is that they know the sewers so well. So then that's kind of where they turn into that NPC for your players of like, okay, if we're going to get from point A to point B, the best way is to go talk to, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Yes. Which I can only imagine would be an absolutely fantastic conversation in game talking to this thing. Yes. (laughs) As the DM, you would be required to have a mouthful of liquid the entire time you talk. (laughs) as this character i don't even okay that's it we've we've highlighted from the forums so that means that we're gonna lift the mental weights right now boom lifting weights is what i do look at me lift these weights okay so we are going to like i said lift the mental weights right now and the first one we're going to choose i actually put on the forums but i thought it would be great to share and that is g which is a modron the kind of classic circular with the wings and kind of a small i mean sword for a modron definitely a dagger for probably anyone else and so and a traditional vacant expression (laughs) yes (laughs) 
very vacant. <laughs> and I took that one and tied it pretty heavily into Dayime Bay and some previous forum material, namely forum material inspired and highlighted by one DM Celeste. Oh, boy. Woo, watch out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just enjoy getting super meta with all of these. Oh, man. Inception to the max. Yep. The Modron in Dayime Bay, I kind of throughout the idea that they're extremely rare and most people are very confused or apprehensive about why they would be seeing a Modron in the first place and that they assume that all Modron follow a very strict code that dictates everything they do, which, you know, that's kind of playing into the original D&D concepts. But this Modron has stepped away from that for whatever reasons you want to add in. Did they bump their head too hard? I don't know. Uh, But they're going to tie back and become a paladin no less, of Vesistius and Serendi. So they were the deities of essentially like crit success and crit failure, but very specifically towards building things and Mm -hmm. making things and doing certain things like that. So Morty, uh, the the Modron, (laughs) goes around and actually tries to go to different places in Lucina Tyrion, which is the biggest city in Dayaimbe, and set up shrines in shops which a lot of people tend to do that or want to do that anyways because you pray to these two deities to essentially not have failures happen but have critical successes happen. So people actually employ their services as a paladin to come and build these shrines and kind of help them pay homage to these deities. And that is Morty, the Modron. I would love to run into a Madron in my game with just total, total agency, like on this great holy quest. I would be so confused and delighted <laughs> if I ran across Morty in my games. What is happening? What are you, one? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I feel that you'd be so excited that you're like, hey, I know that we have a world ending quest ahead of us, but... I'm going to skip that and I'm going to help this guy do whatever yeah, he wants. Whatever he wants, I'm on board because yeah. this is awesome. Perfect. So I guess so I can throw it to you, number five. Is there anything else that you would add? I realized that the number five I wrote was the. <laughs> what, Sorry. What did you I could write? not get through it. I don't know. That's why number five is the best. So I wrote these words. They love to hide in old junk sometimes, but it has almost gotten them killed. Like trash compactors? <laughs> like they're Just hiding in some junk. In yep. incinerators and yep. trash compactors. Yep. Um, I think... <laughs> oh my gosh. What What is his quest? That's what I want to determine for number five. Like, why is he... What is his holy paladin quest right now? What is Morty up to? Okay, I think since... Um, I think since Morty, uh, you know, he gained this consciousness through through some kind of a spell accident. I think he's searching for his missing gear, like, and that that causes him to travel about the land. And so maybe there's just a little bit of his purpose that remains hidden to him. And he's actually so he's looking for this thing he thinks or they think is a physical item, but it's actually not. It's just like wrestling with purpose because I mean the Madron have such specific roles in society and having one that is kind of removed from that i think is really interesting so i think he's looking for his his missing gear but the thing is the gear is the fifth element and it's with him all along it's just love oh oh morty oh that's amazing buddy (laughs) and then he finds love in the arms of a warforged 
and they could theoretically be together forever because they uh, they don't die. die. Yep, <laughs> done. We can't. We cannot add any more beauty to this. Story. We did it. We brought true love right here in the gym. <laughs> so, speaking of beauty, I already know which one you thought you were going to take, and which one is that? Oh, so I was going to take one for the big, the big old crocodile monster thing that we have here. He's this. Totally mean looking. Yeah, like a crocodile in a suit of scale mail. Yeah, and so I just got really excited because I looked at him and I automatically, I think his name is Crocodynamo, and he's like a WWE fighter um, <gasps> in the world of D&D. So, he, you know, he looks like this. He's obviously a monster. Couldn't fit in with his crocodile people because he was just a little bit smarter than that and grew to this enormous size. So this crocodile rose above the odds and taught himself how to fight in human society. And so now he's that's his stick and he totally like leans leans into it and is like a, a local fighter hero. Um yeah. That's super cool having him be in like your kind of classic gladiator role, which makes sense because it's a very small detail, but they're definitely added blades to the end of their tail oh yeah absolutely so he's like his whole life is about forging this image as a fighter and like people people love it and i imagine there are kids who wear alligator hats to (gasps) go see him like fight in the ring that's awesome i'm trying to think like i mean i would definitely love to have the players go up against them at some point Mm -hmm. or one of your players because you're kind of that classic you're in your big your big brute always gets tricked into the gladiator ring or the fighting pit or something like that at some point and having this be the champion and having every other person they fight be kind of stereotypical you know player race right. if you will and then th- this person just and then dynamo up. comes out oh boy yeah. oh yeah it's so terrified your player <laughs> yeah. was like no i don't i don't, I don't think, think this so is, oh, i'll this give is, up this is not what i signed up for and also having them join like you know because like you said they're they're still i mean sure they're this gladiator but they've kind of risen above and then if something were to break out like I don't know, like an orc invasion shows up out of nowhere and Dynamo is just right out there on the front lines. On the front lines being a hero of the people. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Love it. What else are we going to take? Okay. So I say we tackle F together, which is it looks like a slod shaman or maybe a witch, uh, depending on. Oh, yeah. Because they have, I mean, they clearly have a monkey as a familiar. Maybe a druid? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to tell. Or it's a warlock. Oh, it's a packed warlock. That the monkey uh, is its little familiar. It could be. Mm. I like it. They've also got some really sweet lip rings. Oh mm-hmm. boy. <laughs> this this slot is not messing around. Nope. But I mean, definitely that classic shaman warlock feel. I mean, it's definitely hard to pin down, but they have a m- very cute monkey mm-hmm. as a familiar. So, what would we name this person? Mm. I mean, my first choice is always things that are like too obvious, like Toadstool, um, Toadstool the Shaman. <laughs> but let's let's come up with a better name. <laughs> so I don't know why, but I feel compelled to call them Taraka, Ooh, and like it. But I don't know if I want to call them Taraka the Green because that's kind of their skin color. But I want it to be something like that. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, it's just kind of the name that everyone gives to them but they still have their own name inside of it. Nope, I got it. What if they just call them Old Taraka? Because they've been around. 
for a super long time because I have no idea how long Slod live, but I would assume it's a very long time. Yeah, that feels right. Done. Old Taraka and their monkey. So what is their monkey's name? Uh, Princess Morningstar. Done. Old (laughs) Taraka and Princess Morningstar, the monkey familiar. And I think kind of that PC interaction would be getting materials that they need. And again, kind of... For me, I also like the surprise of all of these. You know, and they go to get these materials. Oh, yeah, just go to the shaman, warlock, whatever, on the outside of town. And then they find essentially a slod. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't know what to do. And I also like also doing it really low level because they're like, cool, we're dead. Oh, I don't- it's a slod. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe you didn't. I don't know. Maybe you didn't like this campaign. Well, we're all new characters. Mm-hmm. Do, you think, uh, do you think old... Taraka uses the monkey to lure people into like trusting him or like, oh, look, it's a cute monkey. It's a slod. Yes. I think Princess Morningstar is very charismatic. I love that idea. Yeah. And just like friendly and kind of take stuff, you know, like people often, I don't know, immediate response to monkeys is like, we'll feed it. He's like, <laughs> literally every sign says don't because then it gets closer and can bite you and steal your stuff. It will steal your stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so I love the idea that it has positive interactions as kind of that front line, mm-hmm. and then you see old Taraka and things immediately shambling behind. Yep. Yeah, but with that, I say we've done it. We've tackled it again. We've lifted the mental weights. But the important question I have to you: Where can people go to find us? How do they get a hold of us? What do they do if they have crazy monster NPCs that they want to share? Yeah, so to hit us up, you can go ahead and send us an email at dmnastics at gmail.com or check us out on Twitter at dmnastics or uh, you can find me personally at cconowich or if you want to see me lifting my weights every day, you can check out my show Venture Maidens where I am the DM over there uh, and you can find that at Venture Maidens. Mm-hmm. And you can always find me at Jotmaniac, Jack of All Trades, Master of None, IAC. And for everything else on the network, you can always go to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. But before we head out of the gym, we are going to go to the ever popular light bulb. Light bulb. So today for the light bulb, we have an amazing one, or at least I just really like it because I like using it, especially at con games. I don't know if we've talked about it before, but it's been long enough that we need to talk about it again. And that is what? Oh, uh, we are talking about magic item cards. Uh, so these are super, super cool new things that have come out uh, from Gale Force 9. And what they are essentially, they have taken every item in the Dungeon Master's Guide and made an individual card for it that has the stats and all of the information on the back, which is just absolutely fabulous when I'm DMing. Because you know what? Let's be honest. Our PCs never remember what their magic items do. (laughs) Ever. But this way, I can have all the cards in front of me for what the party has. And if there's ever a question or a rule call, I can just look it up right there. So I just have my little sections for the each of the different games I do. I have my little piles for my individual characters. They're just really, really good, cool way uh, to track the items in your game and what they do. Yep. I mean, one, it helps for, I mean, certainly helps for week-to-week play at your home campaign. The other thing, like I had mentioned, it's fantastic for con games because then it allows you to more easily play a higher level campaign. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, because you could have pregens that have things that aren't as now it's not as complicated. It's essentially attached to the pregen. Here's the magic items that you have. Additionally, finding something in a one shot doesn't feel as big because it's not oh, okay. Then we got to look it up and how does it work with my character and what does it do? And it's like no, here's the cart. Yeah, just look at the pretty picture and skip that step. <laughs> yep. And I think it's I think it's really good because I know there's a hesitancy even on my own part to play higher level campaigns because it's just like, well, you're kind of homeless or very homely anyways, <laughs> and you have nothing because that's easier for me and it's easier for you. So we're going to do that. But the question I have, do, are these already out? Are these available? I believe so. I bought these at Gen Con, um, but okay. I believe they are going for sale online soon if they haven't already. Um, but let me see. No, it is still pre it is pre-order still. Um, but you can find it, yeah, from Gale Force 9 for pre-order. They will be coming out. I know they're also working on monster cards too, so you definitely want to keep your eye out for these guys. Uh that should be hitting all the online stores soon. Yep. So check out Gale Force 9. I mean, they have a ton of amazing stuff, but definitely keep your eye out specifically for magic item cards. But with that, we're going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, I just want to implore you, the listener, to join the forum and take part in all of these challenges and exercises, as well as all of the other amazing conversations being had. And to do that, head over to Dungeon Master's... Oh, wait. (laughs) To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you'll add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running.